I'm Ali Spears, and this is The Dirt, where we dig deep with those helping to feed the world. Episode 36, Bonnie Jill Laughlin. So I'm super excited to talk with Bonnie Jill Laughlin today. She is a woman whose resume gets better and better uh, with each line that you go through. And not only is she a model, a TV personality, NFL cheerleader, and sportscaster, but probably the most notable of all of her successes is that she is the first and only female scout for the NBA. Um, so Bonnie Jill, I don't want to steal any more of your thunder, but if you could kind of tell us a little bit about yourself to get things rolling today. I think you kind of covered it all, Allie. Yeah, you know, I uh, started off, um, obviously, and as a little girl, I started off as a ballerina, riding horses, um, and that was kind of like everything, my dancing and then horses, and then ended up uh, going and really pursuing that. So I graduated from the University of Texas and got my broadcast journalism degree there and went on to, um, I should say in between that, I was cheering for the Golden State Warriors, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Dallas Cowboys, then got my degree and then started um, right away working for ESPN for their morning show and went across the board, NFL Network, um, CBS, um, different places, and then was able to get lucky enough to be um, a scout for the Lakers. And I was you know, spoken to about this because I was covering the Lakers at the time and the GM and the um, owner, the late Dr. Jerry Buss, was like, hey, we'd really want to try a female out. You seem to really have a good eye for talent, and you know the triangle offense. Not too many girls can break down a triangle offense and so forth. So I scouted for a year, and I did not get paid. So that was a way for me to, like, you know, prove myself. Um, so I didn't get paid for the entire year. Um, my scouting reports kind of, you know, were proven and they said wow you know these are really elaborate they signed me to a five-year deal and then a five-year deal after that um and I was lucky enough to walk away with five championship rings with the Lakers um and uh I left after 12 13 years right in the middle of that when Phil Jackson left and then um was able to get back into my sports reporting um and sports casting um and all during that time I've owned horses uh, my parents owned race horses before I was even born so that was <laughs> horses have always been the part of my life um and now which has been great i should say about the pandemic is i've been able actually to get back into actually riding and competing and barrel racing again you know i haven't barrel raced since i was little and now i'm able to actually pursue that and have this great little mare that um been uh she's green so you know still getting through <laughs> all that kind of as you know the the trials and tribulations of a new mare going through the pattern and getting mad and we've gone through like I don't know five or six um times but she's getting there so it's kind of fun to be able to kind of work at something that's kind of out of the out of the box like I'm so comfortable when it's you know dealing with sports and talking sports and now I'm kind of having to be challenged and be like okay I gotta try to you know what I mean like really uh, not be comfortable anymore and be able to be like oh my gosh like I suck like <laughs> I need to you know I need to get better at this and working together with this team you know me and my horse and so it's been uh it's been good because I don't think you should ever get comfortable you should always kind of feel um, that you want to get outside of your comfort because it makes you grow, you know, as a person, not only as, you know, me, you know, um, you know, running the barrels, but it's just, it's, it makes you grow as a person because you're challenged and you work hard and you're like, how can I figure this out? How come I'm so successful here? What do I need to do here? And so that's been really fun um, that during the pandemic, I've been able to do that. And so much that um, I left the city and I've moved actually back on the horse ranch. And so I'm like, you know, 
20 feet from, you know, my horses. So that's been, you know, one of the blessings in disguise during this whole COVID. And I think that's kind of fun, like funny that you mentioned that. I think COVID has obviously had a lot of negative side effects, but I think there's been a lot of positive that I've kind of come from it as well. Right. From people just kind of being able to kind of reconnect with themselves, reconnect yeah. with their passions and kind of do things in that way. Yeah, because Al, if it wasn't for the fact of that, I probably would not go out and gone back to the barrel racing. You know what I mean? It's because yeah. you do like I don't care like anything you do, you can't just do it half ass. You've got to right. like really do it, put your mind to it. And with me working so much, you know, for me, you know, doing the morning show, then going um, real quick to go work out, then heading to the studio and doing sports updates, to then going to the games, you know, Niners, Giants, and Warriors games, and doing all that. I mean, there's not really time to be like working on, you right. know an actual like a sport that you haven't done since you're a little girl. Right? right. So it's been great. Then I've like, okay, I can work from home and I can talk to people through zoom, like we're doing, mm -hmm. and then be able to go and, you know, you know, work with my trainers here um, at the Holman performance horse ranch, um, Brentwood as your, mm -hmm. your performance area. So it's been kind of nice that like, wow, I don't know if I would have done, you know, been able to do this, commit to this. I've always will ride horses and own horses, but I don't think I'd be competing you know, exactly. yeah, no way. There's no way I wouldn't have had time. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, that's kind of how ag chick started for me was I had always kind of had this passion of wanting to get back to my agriculture roots and the Western right. style and all that. And then I literally almost a year ago this week, um, I was sent home from my office. And so it kind of all grew from there and has really been a blessing in disguise, like you kind of mentioned, because it's allowed me to connect with so many incredible women um, across so many walks of life. Right. And it also, I think people are doing things like you said that normally they've always said, you know, you have like a checklist. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to be able to do this at some point and you never get to that. Right. Yeah. Or I want to focus on this. Or when you do your vision boards, like, Oh, I want to do this or do that. And it's like, you can only do so much. Right. But exactly. now it's, you know, that's the one thing that you're like, okay, you know what, this time that we're going through is really uncomfortable and we're, you know, so unfamiliar, but now you're like, okay, whether it's like us, you know, you're, you're doing your podcast and be able to, you know, do that or me doing my barrel racing or people being able even to spend time with their children or whatever it may be. Yeah. It's there. You have to find the positives in this because it's, there's so much negative, but if you can find those small little positives to take from it, and maybe when this pandemic is over, you still try to make sure, okay, make sure like for me, make sure I have balance. Like I've always been career, 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 you know, you know, married to my career where now I'm like, okay, spending time to like, you know, with my boyfriend, which, you know, he's like, yeah, could you spend time with me? <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, being able to like, you know, really push, you know, what I'm doing with the horses, but it's funny how that makes something like this kind of makes your thought process change a little bit. Right. Well, I think it kind of makes you realize what's important and kind of figure things out. Like you said, balance. Yeah. And a lot of us don't have that. You, any of us who are really career driven, you don't have balance. It's just like, mm -hmm. go, go, go. And it's work, work, work. And that's all, you know, and for me, it was really tough, Ellie, because I'm like, I'm not used to staying home. I'm used to being on a plane once a week. I'm used to, you know, being at every game. And so I, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm like stuck in my house. Like, yeah. what do I do? I'm used to working <laughs> out and not working out outside, like get in the gym, you know, and right. you couldn't do that. So it was kind of like a wow. And I, you know, I'll be honest, I went through like this little you know, depression of like, mm -hmm. how do I like 
How do I what learn? Do, I don't know what this is, you yeah. know, anxiety, depression, stress. How do I like figure this all out? And I think being able to be outside and be with my horses, because they're kind of told, you know, you, you're told stay inside. You can't stay inside. You've got to get outside as a human. Like you've got to smell fresh air. And like for us girls who are, you know, used to being outside and you know what I mean? It's that helps. I think that really helps like your mental um, stability, if you want to be honest, for you oh. to like be able to, you know what I mean? Like, 100%. Out there. If you're stuck inside and you're scared to go out or you want to do anything, like, you're going to go like stir crazy, you know, cabin fever, whatever you want to call it. So I think it's, uh, if it wasn't for, I say this, you know, if it wasn't for my horses and being able to be out, I probably would have, you know, kind of spiraled into like deep depression. And I'm so glad that you said that because mental health is something obviously that even if you don't think that you're impacted by it, you are impacted by it because everybody has feelings and emotions and everything. And I think that when you do have animals, it puts you, it's like almost therapeutic to be with them and be oh, outside with them. God. And I a hundred percent think that has helped me through all of this as well. Absolutely. I always say animals are so therapeutic. I don't care if you have, you know, full blown, you know, PTS or TB, you know, TBI or anything like that, you know, but just having, you know what I mean, like us, like going through these ups and, you know, the ebbs and flows of the pandemic is like having a dog wagging his tail when you come home, you know what I mean? If you're stressed out, like you're like, oh, things aren't that bad. Like he's wagging his tail and he's so happy to see me that I just walked through the door, even though I just went to go put the trash out, but he thought I was gone. But now he's excited (laughs) that I'm back in, right? Or like gonna go see your horse and like, you know, just the minute I walk around the corner and she hears my spurs, she starts winning. You know what I mean? Like things like that, it kind of just like, it just, I don't know, it just puts things in perspective, like how animals are, you know, for me, they're like, if I didn't have animals, I probably would just, I, I don't know, like, again, like the depression, like it, you really, I don't know how like anyone cannot have like an animal in their house. I'll just be honest. Right. Yeah. Non, people who don't like animals, sometimes I'm concerned for them, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I am concerned for them. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I can be friends with someone who doesn't <laughs> like animals. Like if you don't like animals and children, like it, it, that's a big red flag. I mean, yeah. it usually is right. You know, right. it's kind of like, you know, and if, so yeah, and in, and for me, it's like I have this nonprofit, Hounds and Heroes, and we rescue dogs, and then we pair them up with wounded warriors, um, and seeing the trans, you know, transformation of these guys who've been over war and combat veterans, and seeing what these dogs do for them, for them to be able to get back to normalcy, you know, normalcy for them is like going grocery shopping, where like you and I, that's nothing, that's an easy task for them. It's a lot, you know. They keep hearing bombs in their head and different things and night terrors, and these dogs completely change them. So if that can happen for them imagine the little ways that dogs you know help us and the same thing with horses like I rescue horses from slaughter and then we do these wounded warrior retreats um, with equine therapy same thing so you know animals do a lot um, for us especially with our mental health right and I kind of want to get into that with not getting I guess too into it I don't know how to maybe yeah. word this but you obviously being a woman in the career field that you were in I'm sure we're under fire quite quite a lot as far as you know just people questioning you and that kind of thing Um, as far as agriculture and animal agriculture goes also kind of the same fire and as well how can you and how have you seen maybe that kind of relation and connection kind of between all of it well, it's true. Like any, if you look at it, a lot of these industries are male driven, mm-hmm. male 
dominated. So it's, you know what, we're in 2021 and women are still trying to like find their way or do I fit in or am I allowed to be right. in this space? And I think it's, you know, pretty, pretty clear now that women, I don't care what field it is, they can conquer it and dominate. Right. And that's, you know, just like with ag or in sports or it's becoming like, oh, wow, women are in this space and wow, they're damn good at it, you know? And it's men who, I mean, a lot of men, let's be honest, they will, they'll find, they'll embrace it, but there are the old school mentality, you know, of guys who are the good old boys who are like, no, we don't want women here. And your job is, I hate to say it, in the kitchen, raising kids, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> and so it's funny how that's kind of like changed now. And a lot of men who are secure at themselves, I'll add that, if they're secure at themselves, they're fine with having a woman just being as powerful as them. And if they're, you've got this wife and, you know, um, husband team, you've got this power couple. And what's wrong right. with that? That's amazing. Exactly. You know, so I think it has to do with the men being able to let their guard down and understand. And also, let's be honest, it's like an insecurity thing. If, if a man doesn't want a woman there, what's the problem? You know, and not to get to like, you know, woman rights or whatever, right. but, just, you know, because I'm not a feminist in any means, but just, you know, just the fact that women should be, you know, be able to be, you know, in any anything that the little girl dreams of wanting to be, they should be able to achieve that and go for that if they want. Right. And I'm so glad you said I'm not a feminist because I think that (laughs) a lot of times when people are women empowerment and that kind of um, this movement that's happening, they automatically think, oh, she's a feminist. And that personally, I'm not a feminist either. So could you maybe explain that a little bit, at least from a kind of like your point of view on things? Yeah, it's true. Because, you know, the feminists, you know, they... I'll put it this way, Ali. I've had feminists tell me, um, yeah, I don't think it was right that you were a cheerleader, um, that you were a model employee and that you were in a bikini and you were this, you know, you know, whatever they want to say. They want to use these words, scantily clad or ever, you know, it's like, okay, do you wear a bikini when you go to the beach? Yeah. So what's the difference of me that I pose in a magazine for it? My thing about feminists that I believe is different is my whole, the way I believe in women is you have the right to do whatever you want to do. You're not told like, oh, you know, if a woman wants to be, I mean, I hate to say it, if she wants to go and be a model, if she wants to be a stripper, like I, I know I'm being kind of extreme here, let her do it. She didn't kill anyone. I could care less what they do. It's, you know what I mean? Women right. should have the right to do what they want. As long as they're in control of it, obviously, they should be able to have the right to do whatever they want. Am I right? Yep, whatever they absolutely. want. Absolutely. And not be judged for it. That's my thing. Where I feel like feminists, they seem to be very judgy on women who, you know, do something different than they would like them to do, you know. And so that's the thing that I kind of have a problem with because I just think women should have the choices to do whatever they want to do. Like, you know, maybe it's not the choice I would do, but I'm not going to judge them. Go, girl, do whatever you want to do. And if it makes you happy and you're embracing and rocking it, do it. Right. And where do you kind of get that fire and fuel to kind of blaze your own trail through things? I think it's just how I, I don't know. I think it's kind of sometimes like in your DNA, you know, I, I was a little girl. I always just kind of wanted to conquer the world and wanted to do so much and always was kind of instilled by my parents though, about you only live once, mm-hmm. you know, we only live once, you know, no one's promised tomorrow. I don't care how rich you are, or who you are, no one's promised tomorrow. So don't sit there and have regrets when you're older. I have so many friends who they have regrets and they, you know, maybe they, 
had uh, you know a child young, they had kids young, got married young, and then they think their life's over. No, just because you're married and have kids doesn't mean your life's over. You can still go for different dreams, and yes, you have to manage schedules and so forth. But it's possible, and if you're very willing and able to do it, then do it. Because I just think people put these all these different labels on, you know, or and if you're a mother who is also pursuing their career, oh, they don't care about their family. Yes, they do. They can do, you can do it all. And if anyone knows, women are the best at multitasking. Men, you have them do two or three things and their head's gonna blow, blow off, right? <laughs> but women can do all that and they do it well. And they, you know, they manage their time well. So I just hate when they put labels on women that they can't do this or they can't do that or be, you know, and I see my friends from high school who are like, oh, I still want to like do this, or I want to go back to school and go to college, or I want to like dive into this hobby. Do it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Why not? Right? I think sometimes excuses are the only thing that's really stopping you from doing whatever you want to do. Right. And they say age. Oh, I'm older now. I can't lose this weight. Yes, you can. There's women in their 50s and 60s who are dropping 100 pounds. You know what I mean? Because you're, they're dedicated to this. You just have to have discipline. Some people don't want to have discipline, but as long as you have discipline and a vision, you know, and you can do it, do it for 30 days. If you can get past that 30 days, you're golden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. you mentioned kind of it, all of that being tied to the way you were raised and all of that. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that a little bit? Kind of how you grew up, where you grew up and all that? Yeah, so I grew up in the Bay Area, um, like really close to where I'm at now in Brentwood. Um, my parents, uh, my dad was a police officer um, in SF, uh, so San Francisco, so SFPD, um, 47 years, undercover narcotics. Um, so my rest of my family um they're all military. <laughs> so even on my mom's side and my dad's side, my mom, um, she was a model and then she stopped um, when she had me. So I had kind of two different, you know, my mom and dad are they're still together today, but I kind of had the two different kind of upbringings, you know, but it was still very, you know, very strict um, type mm-hmm. of upbringing. Um, when you have law enforcement and military and we're Catholic and you put that all together, <laughs> it was yep. pretty, you know, I was raised pretty strict, you know, couldn't have boyfriends. Um, I was always about getting good grades. Um, by getting good grades, I was able to do all my different, you know, activities um, and very focused as a little girl, you know, like I said, you know, dancing and ballerina and my horses and um, all that. So that was, um, I was kind of a different little girl. I didn't really care about as much as like playing outside. And it was more about, I wanted to, I don't know. I was always like looking at like, you know, what I wanted to do in my life. And it, even if I was a little girl, I knew I had to like, paved that way already young um, to achieve what I wanted. Um, It's kind of like not normal. Like I would sit there and look through the newspaper and, you know, ask my dad about these athletes and, you know, what college you went to and how fast they run the 40 dad and this and this. And my dad's like, why is this little girl asking me questions? She's supposed to be asking for popcorn, little foam finger and stuff. And I just, I don't know. It was just kind of different. I guess I was, um, a little bit uh, mature for my age, I guess, at the time, you know, which is funny because now I feel like I'm very immature at times, but <laughs> it was funny. Like I just was kind of, you know, different with that, but my parents were just very good about, 
really supporting me um, and realizing what I wanted. But at the same time, you know, it's saying, you know, don't have regrets. If you want to do it, do it. And at the same time, also very much so about giving back. Like my parents were very, very much into charity and giving back um, to others who are less fortunate. Um, so that was, you know, kind of and still stuck with me today. Yeah. And so the funny thing kind of, and digressing, I guess, from a bit from our conversation, but the funny thing about how I found you was I had spoken with um, the girls from Lacey Boots. Oh, I love them. They shared um, the picture that you had. Yeah. And so I happened to read the caption and I was like, wow, she sounds like an incredible woman. So I then went to your page and then started scrolling and you had a picture at St. Anne's Church and I instantly recognized the picture in the- That's right. That's right. Like, oh my God, that's my home church. Like <laughs> I grew up. And so then I like, guess so funny. Like, Brentwood, like who knows where Brentwood, California is. So um, kind of funny how that all- That is funny. Yeah, out. because I, um, I'm used to being at my church in Los Angeles or- um, you know, since I've been, you know, been in California and then the one in San Francisco, and then I was looking for a Catholic church and I'm like, oh, there's one right down the street. And so, you know, obviously for Ash Wednesday, it's a big um, holiday for um, Catholics. So I'm like, I got to get my ashes. And so I was able to go down there and then I posted it because it's just such a cute little quaint little church. And yeah. I love churches that are like small and, you know, uh, the parishioners are all know each other. And mm -hmm. um, so I love that. And, um, and it's, you know, it's right there in the country, you know, so right. it was like, so me. So, um, and that's funny when you said, wait, that's my church. You yeah. know? <laughs> and Brentwood, it's so funny because in LA there's a Brentwood. And so right. everyone thinks that when you say Brentwood, that it's, you know, Los Angeles, which Brentwood is actually, you know, just an area in Los Angeles. It's actually Los Angeles proper, but Brentwood is actually a city here in Northern mm -hmm. California. But it's funny, whenever I put Brentwood, my friends in LA are like, oh, are you in town? I'm like, no. <laughs> We always say town. <laughs> we always say Brentwood, but not OJ's Brentwood is how we used right. to say it. Right. <laughs> and that's funny. Everyone knows Brentwood because of OJ. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's just so true. And then you have uh Texas roots as well, which is funny because now I'm obviously in Texas. Um, so it's just kind of a funny funny world right how it all yeah and I miss it because I so so I spent my summers in Texas and then uh, northern California so I would go back and forth I have a lot of family in Texas and then obviously I moved there to go full-time to go to college and then train for the Cowboys and I actually still have a house there that I rent out but I have to get back to Texas um you know at the end of the day like my morals my beliefs um everything is aligned with Texas need I say more? Um, so it just, I just need to get back to, um, how do I say like-minded people mm -hmm. and, um, get back to, um, things I believe in God country. And, um, you know, that's why I need to get back there sooner than later. Right. Yes. Uh, that is one thing I, I miss California with my family and I do miss the weather, but the weather, of course. Right. I mean, but that's I, I have found my place in Texas. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just, there's something about Texas. Like once you go there, you, you know, you don't want to leave. I left just cause like, you know, my career, but it's just a great, Texas is a great, proud, proud state. And the people there are good people. When they ask you, how are you doing? They're not a guy's maybe not necessarily even trying to hit on you. He's asking yeah. because they just got that Southern yeah, hospitality and, you know, and men, you know, open doors, like, you know, they're actual gentlemen here and, you know, in California, they'll slam the door on your face. <laughs> You know, so I really miss like that Southern hospitality and those really welcoming like people, you know, that's, you know what I mean? Like everyone's like friendly and it's, uh, it's refreshing. 
Can yes, absolutely. That was the first thing. First thing when I got here, I was so like kind of off put when people were genuinely nice. Cause I was like, what do you want? Like, what do you, what are you trying exactly. to get? That's what I'm saying. Allie in California, when someone's super nice, I'm like, okay, what yeah. do you want? And what yeah. there's something next coming. You're, you're mm -hmm. going to ask for something where in you know Texas, they ask you how you're doing. Cause they really genuinely want to know how are you doing? Yes, absolutely. I love the good Southern hospitality. Like you said, for sure. Right. But you have such a cool platform and the fact that you're kind of able to bring attention to all of these things that you are passionate about and have a unique perspective on. Um, so how have you kind of used that to your advantage and kind of maybe have some challenges along with that too? I think it's, you know, I think all of us, I don't care, you know, whether you're in the public or not, everyone now, because the social media has a platform, how you want to use that platform is up to you. I like to use it in a more positive way. Like some people, as you know, are on Twitter and all they want to do is argue all day, or they can go on Instagram and they just want to find people's posts that they can like, you know, comment on so they can be negative. Like, I feel like, you know, that the social media there's more negativity, you know, I hate to say it than positivity where I wish people could use it for good, you know, and I'm not saying like your life's always great. Like, yes, of course, a lot of social media as the highlights of our life. Right. But it's okay to talk about difficult things. Like we were talking about mental health or different things that you're going through. I like to use it as, you know, just more of just showing like that women can, you know, achieve what they want. Um, talking about rescue dogs and horses and, you know, push out my um, support for the military and law enforcement, whether, you know, you agree with me or not you know I get people because my dad's you know was a, a cop you know during this whole social unrest you know how people feel that all cops are bad and I will you know I don't like to argue or be combative with people but at the same time I'm going to stand my ground and stand up for what I believe in so you know or the military like my the military means everything you know I've done almost 20 USO tours um, visiting our troops you know during the war to Afghanistan and Iraq and you know formed my whole charity because of veterans and visiting veterans in the hospital and so you know when we talk about you know the flag or we talk about you know military that's very very important to me and i don't want to shy away from that because it's, i'm going to offend someone i'm not going to be offensive in my words but i'm going to let you know where i stand and i think that's important in today's society where there's this like era of people not wanting to say what's on their mind because they're afraid that they're going to offend somebody where it's kind of i don't know for somebody who is strong opinioned and wants to have their voice shared and out there it's a it's a tough situation to be in um but i think it's important like you just said to kind of speak your mind and stand up for what you believe in right and i you know again i always say choose your words you know wisely you got to be careful it's not what you say it's how you say it of course right, right. so your words can be in, you know misinterpreted you know and you'll get you know, i don't care what you say you can say the sky is blue someone's going to say no it's not you know <laughs> but you, you have to be able to understand that you're going to get that that's why a lot of people keep their accounts private and i get it because they don't they want it to be that everyone who follows them they know you know mm -hmm. who they are um you know with you and you know me and stuff you know you keep your your page open so you can bring in other people and people from all walks of life you just have to know that you have to have that thick skin and you kind of have to laugh it off you know I don't even the minute someone says something rude you know there was times where I'd be like oh bah, you know and you want to like go off now I just walk on like I don't even like am I even gonna like waste my energy on them you know because they took the time you know to be mean you know god bless them I always say sometimes I'll even say I'll pray for you you know so it's just you know people are gonna you know be like that but I try to use it for positivity and try to you know from um you know like I said like pushing out my charity work to um just trying to like girl power you know there's uh 
you know, and I kind of tell people, if you don't like sports, you don't like animals and you don't like military, then don't follow me. <laughs> right. It's pretty right. easy. <laughs> right. And that's the thing is you can easily see what people are kind of about by just a quick scroll through. Oh, so it's absolutely. kind of funny when people stick around when they don't like what you're posting, like just unfollow me. Yes. If you don't like certain things. Yeah. I mean, cause you're, you're so right. Al. you can look at someone's page and I know it's bad, but you can instantly tell what this person's all about, right? Yeah. Whether it's good or bad, that's why I say, be careful of what you put out there on social media, because maybe it's not you, but if every picture is a selfie of yourself or a picture of you in your bathroom showing yourself, you are going to look like a narcissist. I don't care what anyone says. You are, you know, and maybe you aren't that person, maybe, you, you know, but, and that's fine as long as you're okay with being able to take the criticism that goes along with that is what I'm saying. Right. right. You know? Yeah. So. You have to be careful, you know, you try to, I try to keep my social media pretty balanced too. Like you can do, you know, your personal life a little bit with your friends and your animals and dive into like your career and what makes you happy. And, you know, I think just doing like one thing is fine if that's what your page is labeled at. But if it's just your name, you know, you probably should kind of show all the layers of yourself. Well, and I think too, that kind of adds to credibility sometimes too, is when you can be relatable. Right, exactly. And that's like, like I said, you like everyone kind of does the whole um, highlight of their life. That's so great, you know, where you can say like, you know, this is, you know, the good and the bad. And, you know, you can put in your stories about like, you know, I'll post in stories about people who are dealing with depression or suicide, like here's hotlines, here's this and that. It's okay to like say that. It's okay to say you're going through this. It's okay to check in on people and see how they're doing during this time, you know, so to kind of, um, you know, keep it so relative of like, you know, this pandemic. Right. Yep. Switching gears just slightly here before we kind of run out of time. Um, what is maybe like the biggest piece of advice you would give a young woman kind of trying to make it big or emerge into a new career? I mean, I think a lot of it is having um, be true to yourself. That's the biggest thing I tell people. Like, you know, if you want to be a for example, a sportscaster, like don't try to be Aaron Andrews. Be you can take different pieces of every of people that you look up to and you like, but then make it your own. Does right. that make sense? You yeah. know? So, you know, whatever you're trying to be, um, like, you know, just be true to yourself. Like you gotta be knowledgeable in whatever the craft you're doing. You've got to put the work in work ethic is everything. Networking is everything meeting people. Like there's, you know, there is a saying that people will get you in the door. I'm not saying they're going to get you the job, but they'll get you in the door. So networking to me is everything relationships like that. And building those relationships are huge. But again, like, you know, once you're there and you get that job, don't try to be phony and be someone else. Be true to yourself because that's the reason why they took you on or that's why the people hired you. And if they don't like you, don't try to change. Someone else will say yes. yes. You're going to get a ton of no's until you get a yes, but that's fine. But don't try to transform into someone else. Of course you grow, but don't try to be, oh, I got to act like this. I got to wear glasses. I got to do a turtleneck. I got whatever you think you need to right. do to fit in. Like for me, when I was scouting Allie, like I was wearing baggy sweats and put my hair up in a baseball cap and was trying to like act like I was a guy, you know, and one of the other coaches like, what are you doing? Why are you walking like that? Why are you wearing that? And I'm like, okay, well, I was trying to fit in because I'm the only female. And they're like, no, yeah. just be you. Yeah. And that's like the biggest thing I try to tell people, be you, be comfortable in you, be like, you know, embrace your, you know, uh, things that you don't like about yourself. Like, you know, people always try to say, oh, I don't like this about me. No, we're all, we're all built to be different and unique and unique is huge, I think. So, well, and especially in kind of a world where there's kind of this whole like copycat syndrome too, where 
You Everyone looked like Kim Kardashian? Yes, yes, yes. Like, no, why do you all want to look like her? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think it's weird. I, I think it's kind of crazy scary, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, brainwashing, like, be like, I love when you see girls who've got the freckles, they didn't cover them with makeup, or like the, you know, the little gap in their teeth. They're like, I don't know, that's just me. I think you should really embrace like your flaws if you want to call them flaws and, and be happy with that because all that makes you you. Why, you know, that's so makes that's you unique and individual, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, yeah, I could not agree more with that whole whole statement. I, yeah. I right there with you. Um, but okay, we're gonna move into the rapid fire portion uh -oh, okay. of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so let me see here. Okay, the first question is what was your first vehicle? My first vehicle, oh my gosh, it was a big Ford F-150 beat up truck. Because <laughs> my, my dad thought that I was going to like run into things and stuff. So That's hilarious. Like, I also know, own a Ford F-150 truck. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I think about that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What's your favorite day of the week? Gosh, before the pandemic or during? Because <laughs> they all seem like the same day. What month are we in? <laughs> I know. I mean, it used to be that, you know, I used to love like Saturdays because it wasn't Friday, it wasn't a, you know, uh, a work day. And then Sundays you're getting ready for Monday. So I always mm -hmm. love Saturdays. Um, but now they all seem to be the same day. And then the last question is, what is something on your bucket list? Gosh, on my bucket list. I mean, after this pandemic, I would love to like start traveling again. That's the big thing is just getting back out and traveling, you know, whether it's for work or just taking a vacation. I mean, wouldn't it be nice, Allie, just to be able to go to like, I know people are like going to Mexico, Hawaii, but I think it'd be so great to actually, you know, go to Europe or go somewhere and do, like, you know, do something. Um, one place that I do say that I want to go to that I have not been, which is so crazy, is I've never been to Yellowstone. And um, I've, I'm sure you have, but I've never been there during winter or summer. And I'm so obsessed with the show that I'm like, I need to get there. And it's so beautiful. And people are always posting stuff. So I really need to get to, uh, so that's probably my biggest uh, bucket list place where I want to go is to the Yellowstone, Wyoming, Montana area. Yeah, well, I, I have been. Um, my um, dad's father lived in Idaho for a while, so we did a big trip up there oh, and, okay. and stuff. So I definitely recommend. And then, yeah, I am obsessed with Yellowstone as well. So, oh my I'm gosh, yes. And so I watched that and I'm like, oh my gosh. And, you, and like, you know, I've been to Idaho, I've been to South Dakota, but I haven't been to that Plains area of Montana, Wyoming, Jackson Hole, like all that. And I'm like, yep. okay, I really need to go. And I know maybe winter is not the best time except Jackson Hole to go skiing, but it just, that whole area is just so beautiful and all that land and just, I don't know, like, I just need to, I need to go out there ASAP. <laughs> yes, you definitely do. Def that's a good bucket list thing though to do. That's a good one. Yeah, right. So thank you so much for spending time with me today. I have loved chatting with you and getting to know you. Um, and I'm sure that there is going to be many people from different walks of life that can kind of connect to what we've chatted about today. Um, so thank you. I appreciate that. It was so fun too. It's always kind of fun when you talk to another female who's, you know, killing it and, you know, understands kind of all the different things that we go through. Absolutely. Um, and last thing here is where yeah. can people connect with you if they are wanting to stay in the know? Yeah. So definitely you can go to my Instagram, which is at Bonnie Jill. 
Um, and the same thing um, with my Facebook. And then my charity is Hounds and Heroes. So I encourage people to check that out. And that's at Hounds and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter, and um, Instagram as well. And see all the good work we're doing with veterans and these rescue dogs that we're pairing up um, with these wounded warriors. Yeah, such a cool project. Uh, make sure to check that out if you are listening or watching this. And I will uh, link everything in the caption and description box, just like always. Um, so, Bonnie, thank you so much for your time today. And I hope um, the rest of your day is great. Thank you. Let's keep in touch. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Dirt. Don't forget to follow us on social media at AgChicks and that the visual version of every episode can be found on YouTube on our AgChicks channel. We'll see y'all next time. Bye.